Hey guys, so just wanted to come on here and give you my thoughts quickly on the Women's Elimination Chamber match. I'm in the process of watching the event and mostly going to focus on the Elimination Chamber matches themselves. Uh, I will talk about a little bit, this, you know, about the Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns situation and, you know, why I think a lot of people don't have nothing to really worry about um, if they do what I think and everybody else believes and thinks they're going to do. Now, uh, with that said, though, I have to say that the women's match I thought was good. Uh, everybody, had, you know, they came out and said that it was great. You know, one of the best ones they've seen since the women were, you know, given the opportunity to be in their own chamber matches. Um, I think would be saying, you know, a lot because this match was excellent. I mean, everybody, you know, had a role that was played uh, pretty much to perfection. I mean, Raquel Rodriguez, uh, Gonzalez, if you will, um, definitely played the role of the powerhouse, the giant of that matchup, you know, very well. And every woman in that match, you know, you know, given instructions to make her look, you know, that way, to make her look intimidating, to make her look like that powerhouse, you know, that you seemingly could be an unstoppable force, you know, once she reaches her full potential. You know, every woman that was given the instruction to do that, I think, did a great job. I mean... You had you had Raquel, you know, carry herself like, hey, nobody's gonna, you know, take me down that easily, and if they do, it's gonna take a multiple team effort, and it did. It took a double team effort from Carmella and Oscar in the end uh, to do so, but you know, they they did their job with Raquel, and I really really appreciate that, especially for somebody that you know hasn't been in the business that long, but you could tell, given the right circumstances and enough more time under the under her belt that she is going to be something special. And I truly feel that uh, over time, under the right you know, direction, the right creative direction, we're going to see Raquel be a very dominant uh, champion, no matter what brand she is on, whether she's on Raw or SmackDown. I can see her being a very dominant uh, champion when she gets that opportunity. Um, as far as uh, Nikki and Nikki Cross goes and Liv Morgan, I thought they played their roles great. You know, I'm surprised. I mean, I know they're both on different brands, but I wouldn't be against a Nikki Liv tag team, if you will. I would not be against that because, you know, when you look at how both women are uh, presented, very similar in tone with the personas. I mean, Nikki's crazy, wacky, you know. You know, she's ba basically, she's ba you know, she's essentially the sanity version of Nikki now, you know, with the dial turned up just a bit more. You know, so I could see her, you know, meshing well with Liv Morgan, who... Basically, her persona is that of she'll throw caution to the wind herself and endure so much pain, you know, as long as it means she gets an opportunity to shine or gets an opportunity to be on top again of the women's division, which kind of makes her crazy in her own right. So I wouldn't be against a Nikki Cross, Liv Morgan tag team down the line. I mean, one, it would incorporate more tag teams to that women's division uh, than we already have. I mean, the tag teams we do have, you know, outside of the Champions Damage Control, uh, it's sort of like a mishmash, kind of like put them together because they have something in common kind of deal. I mean, you look at, what is it, Tegan Knox? I mean, I guess she's associated with Liv right now, but, she, you know, you could put it with Shotzi because I think that's what they did before. So, you know, you have the potential with the right combinations to put some teams together. Uh, but, yeah, in the long run, you know, I wouldn't be against it. And both women played their roles very well here. I mean, I was kind of surprised that Nikki was the first to be eliminated. But then again, you know, you tell the story of, hey, you know, she lets her craziness, her 
whacked out mind and persona get the best of her to the point that it's going to cost her. And in the end, all it's going to do is make her more unpredictable and dangerous than what she was previously. So I like what they did there. And I like, again, Liv's persona is throw caution to the wind, endure as much pain as she can, uh, you know, until she tries to come out on top. I mean, the fact that when she was put into a double submission that she passed out from, you know, courtesy of Natalia and Asuka, you know, she had a smile on her face. Basically, you know, when you look at that, that little smile on her face, that kind of tells you that she enjoys being inflicted with pain, you know, as long as it means she get, she's going to get more opportunities in the future. So, with her and Nikki kind of have a, having a, a similar, you know, style and, you know, how they uh, present themselves and compete in the ring, I wouldn't be against a live Nikki tag team. Um, if you will, I, I would not be against that whatsoever, and I don't think anybody else would be against that um, as I as you know as I speak here, because I think you know if you want an unpredictable tag team to go up against the likes of Damage Control, to eventually go up against the likes of um, you know Ronda and Shayna, to go up against the likes of um, you know Shotzi and maybe Tegan or Shotzi and Raquel, you know I, I can't think of a better tag team across the board in my honest opinion. But yeah, those two played their roles well. Natalia, what can you say about Natalia? When she's put in the ring with the right people in the right environment, in the right kind of matchup, she can shine. And she did just that. And I like I like Natalia's, you know, persona here. She's more basically that old school wrestler and everything. Like, all she wants to do is get in that ring and compete and that's it. Yeah, she has shown signs of, you know... at the right times, not the negative times, but at the right times, she has shown signs of charisma and personas, you know, if you will, personality, I should say. But to me, she is just perfect in her role of, she's a straight-up wrestler. And that she believes, being the only straight-up wrestler, you know, in the, in the overall division, that she is basically the best of all time. She's the boat. She's the G-O-T-B-O-T. Well, not G-O-T, but she is the G-O, she is the B-O-A-T of the, you know, well, you get the idea. She's, she basically, you know, in the role that she's in is exactly what she says she is. She is the B-O-A-T of being the G-A-O-T of the women. Basically, she considers herself the best of all time as well as the greatest of all time. So, you know, she plays that role perfectly and, you know, I, I don't, I don't think we're not going to go you know, uh, into 2023 without her at least having one more run with one of those championships. I mean, I, I, can't, I cannot see 2023 ending without Natalia being either the SmackDown or Raw Women's Champion. You know, because the potential is there to where if you play the role with her right, which she's just a straight-up wrestler, and you give her that title, I mean, the, poten you know, the stories, you know, write themselves. You know, under the right creative direction. They write themselves to where, you know, she doesn't, it doesn't matter who she's in the ring with. You know, she's going to want to wrestle. That's all she wants to do. And she, by being that wrestler, she's going to, and being the champion, she's going to want to make it her goal to bring prestige, wrestling prestige, to either one of those belts. So, I, I don't see this year ending without her having one of them, and them playing up the story that she, as a wrestler, wants to bring wrestling prestige to either one of those championships. Uh, Carmella, you know, what can I say about Carmella? I think the role she is playing is fit for her. She's essentially, you know, a diva in a women's wrestling world. 
that's what's that's what's being presented here. Like, yes, she will get physical if needed, uh, needed to be, if you will. She will get physical, but most of the time she's going to try to stay, you know, out of the action. Like if she sees an opportunity to capitalize on, like she did uh, in the chamber with Natty by pinning her and such, and then helping to double team and pin Raquel, you know, she's going to take it. She's going to take that opportunity, but she's more of a diva living in this rest, you know, existing and living in the women's wrestling world. So I think that role fits her perfectly. And again, just like Natty, I cannot see 2023 being a year without her getting some gold. And whether or not it's tag team gold or singles gold, I feel something's coming around her waist real soon. In, in fact, you know, with them, you know, bringing back the King of the Ring and Queen of the Ring tournaments, I would not be against Carmella becoming Queen of the Ring this year. Because that way, not only does it boost her ego, you know, more so than what it is, but if you also have something, you know, on the line for the winner, like, you know, the winner of both tournaments gets a shot at the respective world titles, then what better way to really boost up, you know, storyline-wise, the ego of Carmella than to make a queen of the ring and then have her challenge for whatever championship she goes after, and then maybe you throw in the fact that since they are the king and the queen, they can name the stipulation. And Carmella, you could have her name it... Name it, be, name a stipulation like say, hey, my championship match is going to be a Staten Island street fight. That way, you know, yeah, she can get physical, but she doesn't have to get physical to the point to where she has to you know, like wrist lock and all that and everything. She could just grab chairs, hockey sticks, whatever. Or you could have her, you know, because of the role she's in right now as a diva in a wrestling world, women's wrestling world. You could have her say, you know, uh, Bianca. Uh, Rhea, Charlotte, Asuka, whoever the champion is at that time, you could have her say, oh, by the way, ladies, since I am queen of the ring, not only am I going to, um, uh, you know, cash in my shot at such and such events, like, let's say, SummerSlam or whatever, you could also say, oh, by the way, the stipulation I'm going to add to it since I have that, you know, afforded to me since becoming queen, the stipulation is a bikini contest. They could do that. They could do that, and again, it would play into her character, and you would be able to get a lot of heat on her as a heel, because basically, let's say she's challenging you for the Raw title, or the women, or the SmackDown title, you know, you could get so much heat on her for the fact that the only way that title is going to change hands at said event is by a judge's decision of who's wore the best bikini. I mean, I could see that. I could see that uh, with, uh, with, with someone like Camilla, especially in the role that she's in. So, you know, to me, Carmella, again, she fit the role perfectly, you know, the way she is. And, again, I cannot see this year, you know, going out without her accomplishing something, you know, significant in her career. Whether it's becoming a three-time Money in the Bank winner, whether it's becoming Queen of the Ring, or winning one of the singles titles or tag titles, I could see, I could see one of those things happening, you know, before the year's out. And, again, if they decide to say, hey, the, Queen of the, the winner of the Queen of the Ring tournament... You know, along with the King of the Ring tournament, gets to name the stipulation for the championship matches. I could see her going one of those two routes, either a Staten Island street fight or a bikini contest or a contest of some kind where she doesn't have to get totally physical. And maybe you could play into the storyline that, hey, as queen, she's going to buy off the judges and thus she's going to buy the championship because of the decisions in her favor. You could do that. You could do that. And again, it would get her a lot of heat. You'd get, it would get her a lot of heat because a lot of fans who are more into women's wrestling now would be booing her and basically getting on her for the fact that she could potentially reverse things back to an error that nobody wants to go back to. But again, 
But again, that's just my opinion of what I see potentially happening if they were to go these routes with Carmella, especially in the role that she's in right now. But yeah, she played her role perfectly, and having her be the, one of the last two in there with Asuka uh, really tells you a lot that, one, Triple H probably sees potential in her in this role, and probably will want to give her something along the lines of what I mentioned um, as we speak. And, you know, speaking of any championship she could go after, like let's say they decide she goes after the tag titles, I would have nothing against her, you know, teaming with a Chelsea Green. Because her and Chelsea, I think, have that dynamic to where they can mesh well together, you know, just by the way they'll portray. You know, Chelsea in that Karen role, you know, uh, Carmella in the Diva role, I think it would work. I think it could really work. So, you know, if they want to give her the tag titles or the Constellation down the line, you know, I can't think of a better partner than Chelsea. And then maybe you break them up, make Carmella the face out of that entire ordeal. And you're off to the race storyline-wise, especially if you bring in, bring back in somebody like Matt Cordona, Zack Ryder, to you know play the heel role along with his wife Chelsea. And then if maybe eventually you do, you know, get Corey Graves to since he is cleared to get back in the ring and compete alongside his wife. And again, you're off to the races because you have two couples that could really play off each other from a promo perspective. You know, when the time calls for it. Because, in my opinion, you cannot underestimate what those four could bring to the table if they were to do it. But, again, I think Carmella being in the role that she's in right now suits her perfectly. And it was demonstrated very genuinely, genuine here. I should say very genuine here. And I think the sky's the limit with that. Um, as far as Oscar goes, you know, again, this is what she's been needing. She's been needing to get back to those ways she was in NXT. And it definitely showed that you know, again, you know, she is an intimidating force to some of the women. Carmella's one of them and all that, but she is, an, she is indeed an intimidating force. I mean, the fact that, you know, here you did do a good job of basically showing that not all the women are going to be afraid of her. Natalia's not going to be afraid of her. Raquel's not going to be afraid of her. You know, I thought that was, I thought that was good storytelling there within that match because... What it does in the future is it sets up potential Raw Women Championship matches if they book Asuka to beat Bianca at WrestleMania. It sets up future championship matches between those ladies down the line. And, you know, with, you know, you know, with the right you know, creative direction, you could create some magic. You could, you could create some magic. And Asuka being beloved by a lot of fans, you know, as a face, more so than a heel, because they did try to... They did try the heel uh, direction when she was uh, teaming uh, with uh, Kairi Sane as the Kabuki Warriors. You know, they tried that. It just didn't. It just didn't gel well with a lot of fans. It just didn't really gel well with a lot of fans. I mean, yeah, they became tag champs, became a very dominant team, even under Page's, you know, management and all that. But still, I think a lot of fans felt it just didn't gel well with who Oscar is. And now this. You know, Oscar, we're getting here. This Kana, this murder clown persona of hers, is the best direction that they've been hoping for that she'd be put in, because now it opens up the door, you know, for a lot of other potential rivalries in the future. You know, rivalries not just with Bianca going into Mania, but rivalries with, like I said, people like Natalia and Raquel, based on what we saw at, you know, in that chamber match. So yeah, Oscar, I think being in the position she is right now opens those doors. And her match with Bianca, I think, is going to be a classic. I think it really is going to be a hard 
hitting stiff classic. I think it's going to be one of those examples to where the ladies are going to be allowed to get as stiff as they want, you know, when it comes to competing in that ring. But overall, the, the chamber match was good. The moments in there were great. I mean, again, they played they played it out perfectly with all the roles they were presented. I mean, some of the spots in there were great. I mean, Liv doing the sunset flip bomb, you know, onto Raquel L., uh, from the top of the top of the uh, chamber, one of the chamber pods, was awesome. Now, if you're wondering, oh, did she power bomb him, power bomb her off the chamber along with her? No, 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 no. Ra- Raquel was like on the second, almost the top, um, almost the top, but mainly the second rope. And all Ra- all uh, Liv did was, you know, do a sunset flip bomb from the chamber. She jumped off the chamber pod and took Raquel uh, with her. So that was a great moment. The moment with Nikki coming off the pod on top of all the ladies and then being crashed through the pod by Raquel. Uh, I thought these were great moments too. And again, it helped play the roles for the women uh, that obviously suits them, you know, as they are perfectly. And again, all the and, and again, the fact that you had uh, Raquel positioned as this powerhouse that, you know, with the right creative direction could be an unstoppable force in the future for the women's division. You know, doing that here in this matchup, I thought was, I thought was perfect. I thought was great. I do like the little, you know, a little thing she does before she does the corner splash. She, you know, she does, you know, you know, wipes her feet like she's a freaking bull, and she runs right at them. You know, oh, of course she had the bull. She had um, a picture of a bull on both her boots and everything. So I did like that right there. I did like that little like, you know, you know, you know, kind of, you know, wiping her feet and then charging at them. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do call her or start nicknaming her the bull of the women's division because, you know, essentially, you know, she's built like it. No offense. She's built like it, but at least that's how they're positioning her as. But yeah, that moment along with other moments I thought was great. And um, in the end, Asuka, she ends up going over and she is going to face Bianca. And like I said, I think this is going to be one of the more stiffer matches uh, that we're going to see at Mania. I would not be surprised. If we do get some color with this matchup, you know, with a uh, intention, either by blade, which I don't think would happen, or in unintentionally or by force, I do see us see, getting some color on one of the two ladies uh, during this matchup. But yeah, overall, the women's match was pretty good, lived up to what everybody said it did, and I'm going to be watching the men's later on and hopefully give you my thoughts on that if I get the opportunity. But let me know what your thoughts are, guys, on the Women's Elimination Chamber match from last night. What did you think about it? Who do you think shined? And do you think the roles were played out perfectly for the ladies as we go into the rest of 2023 and mostly into, mostly, excuse me, into WrestleMania? Let me know down below in the live chat as well as in the live comments. As well. Yeah, let me know in the live chat as well as the comments down below. And I will talk to you later. And you probably will, hopefully, get an audio podcast of this later on.